Coming up, the decline of agency incentives. Hello and welcome to IDCOM's Media Snack, episode 79. So as you'll see, David and I are in different parts of the world again. Uh, I'm attending the ANA's uh, Advertising Financial Management Conference and we'll be giving you some insight what's going on here. And I'm back in London and we're going to review P&G's appointment uh, to Publicist Media in the UK. Yeah, all coming up on Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat a sandwich. Okay, so if you've been watching the last uh, couple of episodes, you'll know that we've been counting down the weeks to the anniversary, the first anniversary of the ANA's Media Transparency Report, which, uh, as you'll remember, sent somewhat shockwaves uh, through the industry last year. Um, we've looked at media transparency as a theme, and we're, we're really trying to focus on things that we think have, have changed significantly in the last 12 months. So we looked at media transparency, uh, we looked at media talent last week, if you remember, um, and this week we're going to focus on media terms, which is uh, things like payment models and terms of business with agencies. Yeah, and Tom, you're in San Diego at the moment actually yeah. attending uh, an ANA conference, right? This is the, the financial management conference, that's a very yeah. snazzy badge you've got there. Uh, so the financial management conference for the ANA. Yeah. For those of us that haven't actually attended, what, what's that? What's that about? And who's that addressing uh, in in particular? Well, it's it's four days of hardcore procurement, marketing nice. procurement. Uh, yeah. You know, um, so it kind of worth worth flying 11 hours to get here. Um, it is, but it's a really big conference. The ANA they run dozens of of events across the year. The, the Advertising Financial Management is their big procurement focused conference. It's kind of one yeah. of the top tier events that they do. Uh, I think there's about 800 people here. I've, I think this is my fifth year. I've been coming for a long time. Um, and it's really helpful just to get a, get a sense of uh, how the procurement community in the US are viewing, uh, viewing agencies particularly and how they're working uh, through so much like disruption and change in the, in the industry that they're having to really yeah. kind of keep on their toes. Now that is actually really interesting, and and so you're going into day two. Uh, yeah. You attended day one yesterday. What was the kind of the key presentation, the key theme of, of yesterday's session? Well, yeah. So the first day they they call the pre-conference the first day, and that's typically that's where they share updates on either big A and A initiatives or pieces of research. And yesterday uh, they revealed um, the results of their latest. A piece of uh, research they've been doing into agency compensation, they call it, which is yeah. a kind of payment models and remuneration. Um, and this, this is something they conduct for some reason. Well, they've been running it about 50 years. So this is this was number 17, um, and they run it every three years, which um, is, I guess, it's a lot of work. But you know, payment models change. It's so, such a dynamic part of the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. That there's a bit of a lag, I think, on a three-year. But anyway, yesterday was an update, uh, and so I was really kind of keen to understand that, given the focus that we've been placing uh, and the importance on you know, how you set up agency yeah. payment models dictates entirely uh, you know, the performance of the agency and the kind of quality of the service that you're going to get. Yeah, but I mean, all the more important and interesting that the, that the audience is predominantly procurement, right? I mean. Mark Pritchard, uh, a brand marketeer, talked about 
you know, the importance of paying his agencies fairly. Uh, an unprofitable agency is bad for business, he said. Uh, yeah. But the A and A were were preaching to the procurement community. Uh, what were the kind of what was the kind of message that that came out of the key headlines from the from the from the findings? Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, it's interesting you reference Mark there because he said that agencies should be paid fairly, and that's kind of P&G's line. Um, you know, some might argue that the people in the room here are the ones that perhaps have been uh, guilty of paying unfairly or of kind of driving uh, yeah. costs down, which you know, depending on who you believe. Um, you know, maybe one of the you know big contributing factors to a lot of the issues raised in the NA's transparency findings. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of interest and attention here. Um, you know, the, the the way that they present the uh, the findings kind of splits down into these three areas. So there's looking at different methods of compensation. So they ask, you know, what are the most popular methods? Um, uh, the use of performance incentives. Uh, which was really an interesting one, um, and also how compensation models are being managed. So if we just look at you know those three, they've been quite well reported actually already. Um, but the, the kind of big headline, the big headline that was out there, you've probably seen, uh, is that you know it's the, it's the the rebirth or the the bounce back of commission uh, as a payment model, uh, which seemed to pick up a lot of headlines. But actually looking into the the data of that yesterday—that's just not really the case. It has, there's been a growth in commission payment, uh, but from a small base. I think it's gone from like 17 to 12, or, uh, seven to 12 percent or something. Yeah, that's right. um, and really, that, that can be attributed to just uh, ways of paying for programmatic buying. I don't think that's that, that's an indication that there's huge dissatisfaction uh, with existing kind of fee-based models. And bear in mind as well, this is not just media, right? This is uh, this is all marketing services, all kind of lumped together in, in one study every three years. So it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, forensically accurate. Yeah. And, and and from the, the 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 findings that I've seen for the last kind of four or five studies, the the majority of the respondents talked about paying their agencies predominantly through a, a fee-based structure. But there's a been a yeah. de decline, hasn't there, in the amount of respondents that are suggesting that that's the way that they pay their agencies. Well, a, a little bit. I mean, there's been small movements um, at, at that level. We talk about typical models of payment. I mean, there's been a bit of an uptick on uh, on commission payment, a little bit of a down uh, on fee, and yeah. uh, value-based compensation, which is something that we've um, you know, we uh, advocate strongly to a lot of yeah. a lot of clients that we work with. Um, it didn't even show up in the last two surveys. So for the last six years. When value-based conversation was supposed to be growing, um, it didn't even register. And then this year, it now accounts, I think, for seven percent of, of all payment models. So that's good to see that that's progress. Um, but as they admit, you know, they admit, uh, you know, 86 members in the U.S. is not necessarily representative. Uh, yeah. Perhaps, perhaps of those more innovative marketers, maybe are not willing to yeah. kind of share the details. So, what what conclusions are the ANA coming back to their to the conference with? I mean, they they've conducted this survey. What what direction are they providing to their to the members? Well, I think that's a bit of a gap, actually. So they present the the data, but there aren't any really clear guidelines. And I think that's it's needed. I think you know this procurement community, who really really need to understand the impact that a good payment model has. Yeah. Um, and then it's not a blunt lever for negotiating downwards. And and, and you know, uh, 
maybe that's not giving enough credit to procurement or more kind of nuanced uh, procurement uh, expertise, but you know, that has been a trend, is the downward uh, level of income paid to agencies. And the way that you set up, particularly when it comes to talking about incentive payments, the way that you calibrate that to your needs is really critical. So, you know, one of the headlines coming out of the report was that, uh, you know, incentive payments don't work. Uh, but again, that was a, a small proportion of people that had actually said that. Um, and the likelihood is, is that you're, if your incentive payment is not working, it doesn't mean that incentive payments are wrong. It just means that you haven't set it up properly. It's clearly not incentivizing the right behavior. Yeah. Um, so that needs to be looked at. So there may be some people implementing performance-based models yeah. without necessarily really understanding the behaviors that they're trying to incentivize, because that's really what it's uh, designed to do. I mean, we, we say a lot, I think we've said it a few times on the show, um, you know, what gets measured gets done. Everybody knows that old adage. Um, but what gets paid for gets done first. And so an agency, any any partner, supplier, anybody externally, you know, how you pay them and how you reward them completely dictates the level uh, of service that you get and and mm -hmm. where they will where they will start uh, and where they will focus their energy. That's right, that's right. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the one kind of positive that I took from reading the report <coughs> earlier today was that the, the level of senior management involvement in engaging with their agencies around remuneration has significantly yeah. increased from about 30% to 80%. So at least, you know, senior stakeholder uh, you know, involvement is, 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 being, is being kind of invested in that kind of discussion, which yeah. is absolutely critical, isn't it? I think it's good, and to me, that's a good indication. Um, you know, and this is one of the things we come back to the theme of what we're talking about, which is you know a countdown to the to the A and A's transparency report anniversary. You know, what's the impact that that's had? Uh, I think you know what you just mentioned, which is more senior attention to relationships with external uh, partners, yeah. and also the financial models underlying that. I think is is absolutely related to you know, the greater scrutiny and accountability of media uh, yeah. and of course that was you know largely triggered I think by the by the report from last year so that yeah I totally agree I think that's really encouraging um, and to me it suggests that when we think about media this is an industry which is increasingly now seeing media as an investment in something and therefore anyone in the media supply chain you know, needs to be held to greater account and should be incentivized for good performance. I think it's just good practice. I'm surprised there's not more, uh, still not more incentive-based payment going on. Yeah, I agree. And whilst that was a highlight, one of the most surprising things the, uh, the, that, I, that I found from the report, and I, I still can't believe that this is true, so yeah. I, I may have misread it, but it suggested that only 50% of the 89 marketeers or brands that had responded to the survey were aware yeah. of uh, you know the ANA transparency report that was published last year surely not surely not half of the people yeah. that had responded to this survey were unaware of it yeah well I mean that was uh, it was mentioned casually uh, because obviously that was a question that had been asked I mean one of the things they'd done differently on the on the survey this year uh, having not done it for three years 
was to, ser to, to also ask questions about how behavior and sentiment had changed in light of the transparency reporting from last year. So that was an additional component uh, yeah. of this reporting. Um, and so of that, you know, in the course of that, they'd obviously asked respondents to what extent they knew about the ANA's transparency report and if that was affecting their thinking. Uh, but it so flagged up this alarming statistic, which frankly, you know, after all of the data that they shared uh, yesterday afternoon, was the only thing that people were talking about as we kind of all left the conference uh, at the end of the day, was yeah that 50% that of respondents said they hadn't even heard uh, of the ANA's media transparency report, which is just absolutely astonishing. Um, you know, maybe 50% may not have read it or implemented it or you know care too much about it, perhaps, but not to have even heard about it um, is is really worrying. And at the same time, that that person is obviously taking the time to fill in a, an ANA survey on payment models, so yeah. uh, it's it's just not registering for some reason. Um, I mean, that, oh, you you raised that as a question, did you? Yeah, I did. I asked a question just to you know whether what they thought you know the implications of that or the cause of that would be. You know, and and the, the the you know suggestion offered up was that you know marketers in the last year have have you know faced many many challenges, and that was one of a number of priorities, um, and that we expect the number fifty percent to grow. Well, you you know you'd hope so. And so we've got a result on the P and G European Media Review. Yeah, which is which is great. Um, and you know we've been talking just now about you know Mark Pritchard, and we've spoken a lot about his speeches and. You know their you know, declaration that they want to uh, you know create new ways of working with agencies and pay them fairly. Um, so this has been long anticipated, just to see where that would net out. Yeah, that's right. So this was, I think, a review that that launched at the back end of last year. P and G spend about two hundred and ten million pounds uh, a year just in the UK. I think the, with the exception of Sky, they're the second biggest advertiser in the UK. Uh, Starcom was the incumbent and they've retained the business so uh, actually they've consolidated the business they've secured more business uh, and taken print I think away from from Mediacom so it's an enormous result for publicist media uh, you know uh, Ian Jacobs and, and Steve King will be absolutely delighted for that but obviously the the, the implications of that result on uh, you know the other agencies that were competing for uh, for that for that piece of business will be significant also. So you had Dentsu were in the mix, uh, Mediacom have lost a bit of business, but I think probably the, the biggest loser of all of it will be Hearts and Science. So this, if you remember, was a, yeah. uh, an agency that was established in the US, an, an Omnicom agency based around the P&G pitch brief in the US. Yeah. Uh, and and kind of that, was their, that was their founding client, right? And then they launched that business in the UK to, to pretty great fanfare. Uh, you know, obviously in line with the P&G uh, process and review, but unfortunately they've been unsuccessful this time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think you know, in Europe, the, I mean, this was a pan pan European review. Um, you know, there were questions as to whether this might consolidate into one. It hasn't happened. Mm. Um, so the, the markets are still somewhat frag fragmented. Group M retain kind of a lot of the big kind of uh, German-speaking markets. Yeah. Um, publicist media have consolidated in the UK. Um, Hearts and Science, I think, was the only non-incumbent, but I think for them, for them, this must feel like quite a catastrophic loss of a client. Um, as you say, given the the expectation was that they were exporting 
and expanding the hearts and science model outside of the US and they've yeah. been busy kind of building that out as a network but this was a, this was the first real big test outside of the US um, and I think that will be felt like somewhat of a blow because it calls into question maybe the, the validity of that model um, you know it was developed for P&G why would they not want to buy it in, in Europe um, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe the agency's not ready maybe they didn't have the right people in the right places um, but I think that you know, had they had they landed this, you would have felt, wow, Hearts of Science really is an unstoppable new kind of generation of agency. Um, and I'm sure all the other agency groups will be delighted uh, that that maybe that's been kind of knocked back uh, at this stage anyway. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Hearts of Science uh, react to this, how they dust themselves off from what will invariably be a, a, a blow uh, and then just get themselves back into the pitch market and, and secure some, some other business whilst it won't be quite as high profile and as significant as the P&G business, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to make sure that they're a player in the, certainly in the UK market. Yeah. Um, you know, and P&G notoriously kind of keep their cars to their, close to their chest apart from when Mark's out on his, doing his keynotes. Um, so you know, it may take some time before we understand maybe some of the implications of his pay agencies fairly. Uh, you know, and hopefully this this wasn't a case of agencies racing to the bottom on on fees and costs, and that this is really about building effective effective marketing. Um, so you know, congratulations to Publicity Media; they've obviously kind of nailed that brief. I mean, there hasn't been a huge amount of movement, to be honest, though, on the roster, and I think that's somewhat as well indicative, just the scale of P&G, you know, to move business from one agency to another is a, is a, a huge undertaking um, yeah. at that scale as well. So there, there's a lot of inbuilt resistance to change, um, but, I, you know, I understand they, they had an incredibly uh, long, protracted, and very well, very thorough uh, evaluation process of the agency, so um, I'm sure you know publicists have won it, won it on the upside, not on the downside. I hope. Absolutely. Okay, that's all for this week uh, from a increasingly sunny San Diego. Bye for now. From London, have a good weekend. <laughs>